Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Josh Wisopolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss corporal punishment, cheers, and Gamergate. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. My guest today is uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world, a co-worker, a co-worker who's a, a person who interrupts people while they're doing an intro, uh, and a very, very talented writer and editor. I'm, of course, talking about Adrian Jeffries. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just remembering that the last time we were both on microphones like this was three years ago at The Verge. Back in the old days, back at The Verge. Yeah. Was, uh, has it really been three years since we've been on a podcast? It might have been longer. Well, where did you get three years from? Um, Just a, a guess about just, rough periods of guessed, my life. You just guesstimating? Oh, was that I a was rough? Like, it was like two phases of my life ago. What was happening two phases of your life ago? What was going on? Let's talk. Let's get into this. Let's get two into, phases of my life ago. Into raw I detail. mean, that was the Verge phase. Yeah. Oh, that was my a bad, whole... bad patch? Wow. Weird. <laughs> no, it was a great it's patch. A great it times. was a great we time. We had some great I'm times gonna, at The Verge. I'm going to tear up. Just thinking. You are? Shocked. Yeah. No, you're also, not. I have a large glass of whiskey. Yes. Paul brought us a very large, uh, unusually large. It tastes like honey. Glass of whiskey, which I think is pretty expensive too. So thank you, Paul. You're a sweet man. Uh, anyhow, so you're getting teared up thinking about your time at The Verge. Yes. The Verge was a wonderful time. It was a wonderful time. We had a great time there. Yeah. Oh. I look back on it with fond fondness. But you said you were having some life problems. What was going on at the time? What didn't I know about? What was no, happening? no, I wasn't having life problems. I was just was like... Was it Sam? Was <clears throat> it the problem? Was that pre-Sam? Um, mm, it might have been pre-Sam. Really? Yeah. Dark, dark times. I mean, you and I weren't on the mic together that much. Mm. <laughs> I remember we did like That's some right. CES thing. Yeah. We, we did you, the We forced Vergecast. you to do like a CES uh, yeah, it was like, a, and it was like a disaster because everyone was really sleep deprived. And drinking, probably. And drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the fans craved. <laughs> that's what they crave. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I can't bear to watch it again, so I have no idea how it came off on the other end of the camera. Having recently listened to myself on this podcast, I think the best thing to do is to uh, move on. Well, you guys talked about me on a previous podcast. Last you one. Paul Ford. Paul Ford and I discussed it. Yeah, you're making you. fun of my dongle. Oh, yes. I have two now. <laughs> yeah. I have two now and I still have no HDMI. You know what's funny is making, making fun computer. of my making fun of my dongle is a funny like grievance. <laughs> no, this was so this have. was the first time that I got retweeted by Jack Dorsey. What? Was when I was at Beta Beat, the New York oh. Observer's tech blog. This I wrote is a this cool, humble brag. story. Yeah. No big deal. The oh, yeah. just the first time. Oh, the first um, of many times that Adrian no, but was I got retweeted a, by the Jack Dorsey. He's, of course, one of the creators of Twitter, current Twitter CEO, the founder of Square, and uh, as I like to think of him, Steve Jobs, too. Uh, the headline was Jack Dorsey's dongle growing in popularity. There you go. <laughs> he retweeted that? Yeah. <laughs> what was the dongle? It was the, the Square. Square. Square, yeah. yeah the and what, was, what were some other times that Jack Dorsey has retweeted you? Mm, he liked this podcast that I did at Motherboard where I interviewed Talib Kweli about mm. his Twitter fighting style. Oh, this was recently. This was recently, yeah. Talib Kweli is like tireless on Twitter and he engages at a very committed level. So I was kind of watching it from afar and then finally I reached out to him to do the podcast and we just talked about like strategies for talking to people on Twitter and like yeah, why his, he strategy? doesn't feel like it's totally pointless. To... Does he ever win? Yeah, he always wins. How? How do you win a Twitter He's argument? like, I mean, he comes from a family of lawyers and he's like, 
a rapper and knows how to say things succinctly. Yeah, but that, it's, but that makes them sort of like you, that sounds like you and facts are really important to the like. Oh, if those people just heard the facts, they might be like, oh, okay, right. I, I mean, think I you, think yeah, I think he he wins rhetorically. Like maybe he doesn't always change minds, but he can be like, I want this. But he can. He looks he looks better usually than the other person. Well, I f- I don't know. I I mean I have to take your word. But I was for just it. amazed that he wasn't beaten down by the volume of it. Does he have a lot of followers? Like a million? Oh yeah. So maybe he must, not quite that many. He must get into He's a lot over of a million. Over He's a million. million. He must get into a lot of arguments. Oh yes, Pri- and he he just goes on kicks. Like he'll be on a like corporal discipline kick for a couple of weeks where he'll be talking about like don't hit your kids. Oh yeah. And then he draws in new people to argue with. Do people hit their kids? Is that a thing that people do? Yeah. I think that's crazy. Some people think that you can do it in a way that it is a uh, an important part of discipline disciplining your children. Really? I guess so. I think it's look, I mean uh, I feel like it's I'm not going to tell other people how to parent, but I actually don't think that's parenting. I think that's child abuse. I think if yeah. you hit, I think if you hit your that's crazy. That's a, such a strange lesson to teach someone, like that you can hit them to make them behave. Yeah, you can't do it with dogs and cats. Why would it work on people? I mean, you like, can you're do, you can do it, but the but more the, important well, you, but the message is not the right message. Like yeah. obviously, people respond to fear, but like but they don't respond to it as well. Like studies show, like you're. Why not... Why don't you shoot them a little bit? Just give them a little, <laughs> right. t- you know, like a little, like a, a graze. Let it graze their leg just a little bit. Just to teach shoot them at the feet. They dance around. Terrify them. Yeah, just shoot at the ceiling. It just would be scary. Uh-huh. I think you know. Let them know that if you want, you can lower the gun. Yeah, it's just psychological abuse. It's a psychological thing. Just hit right. them with a sack of oranges. Were you hit as a child? No. No, your parents no, didn't no. slap you around. My parents were really gentle. Actually, my father is very passionate about corporal punishment, and he will speak to people in public. He's a mil- He likes it. No, no, he will call people out for hitting their kids. And oh, say, really? Don't hit your kid. That's a bold move. It's That's- really, and he's not <laughs> usually very con- confrontational. Is he, a, is he in the military? No. Uh, so he, so, so he sees somebody hitting someone, and he'll be like, "Don't hit your kid." And what? Because and he finds it, that I, he finds that people sometimes will respond to being told not to hit their kid, and they're like, "Oh, I would just, I don't normally do that," yeah, and they'll be lying. embarrassed. They're lying. They definitely normally do it. Yeah. If you do it in public. It's definitely like second yeah. nature to you. So you don't hit Zelda. Oh no, I hit her you in just, the face. Whenever she crosses me, I slap her. I slap her in the face sky. as hard as possible. No, the <laughs> idea of that actually makes me want to start crying. Like to yeah. be honest with you, just having said that out loud, I feel like curling into a ball and disappearing. Like yeah. it is the most awful thing that I can imagine. Now she can be very aggravating sometimes. I mean, normally she's. What does she do that's aggravating? <sighs> I mean, she's actually a really good kid. Uh-huh. So there's very little. I mean, she's an amazing child. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her dad. Like, I, I see other kids and they look like total maniacs. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things Zelda does is like she. I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm at the risk of talking about my child on the podcast. Uh, yesterday, we were driving in the car and we drove past a, a couple that was getting like wedding photos taken in a park. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Zelda, look at this married couple. They're getting photos taken for their wedding. And like, I think she didn't see them in time because we drove past pretty quick and I'm, I sit up higher than she does. And literally for, I don't know, three hours, mm-hmm. she was like, I want to see the married people. I want to see the married people. <laughs> We'd like to be a break you, in the car. And she'd, be like, she'd be like, I want to see the married people. No, we went home uh-huh. and then we went somewhere else. We weren't, we were going on the other, in the other direction. It, it was uh-huh. like, she didn't start it until like, 
kind of until we left. We went to our house and then we left and then she started it. So what do you think she's doing there? Do you think she actually wants to go see the married people? Yeah, do you think I, she wants to I don't communicate know. something else to you? I, no, I, you know what? I, I really don't know what she wanted. I think she wanted to see the people. I think she oh, just okay. heard me mention them. She got it in her head that it was interesting. And then she kept asking. And so we went to like a mall. And then we, and she didn't say anything about it. And then we left them all. And as soon as we got in the car, she's like, I want to see the married people. <laughs> and we're like, we don't, and we were trying to like, you try to reason with her. I'm like, you know, Laura and I were like, we don't know where they are. And we can't, they, we actually drove past the park again at, when we left the house to see if they were there. Oh, wow. And they okay. weren't there anymore. And so we're like, we don't know where they went and we don't know how to find them. And so we can't, and we're trying to like explain. I wonder how long it will be before she forgets about this. Oh, she doesn't forget like anything. Years. No, no, she doesn't. She's crazy. She's also Zelda has like, uh, Laura has a very good memory, like I would say bordering on photographic. Wow. I have a bad memory, like an, I'm like an Alzheimer's patient. I don't know what's going on. Like mm -hmm. I'm living in the moment. Right. I may not remember that we even did this podcast tomorrow. Okay. That's but, fine. uh, but, uh, no, I probably will. But, um, so Laura has like almost photographic memory. And I think Zelda has her memory. Zelda has like a crazy, crazy like retention of information. Mm -hmm. It's like really, outrageous to me like, and she'll bring stuff up from like three weeks before that you completely forgot about how old is she two and a half wow she'll be like you know we'll be in the kitchen she'll be like where did the star go and you're like oh yeah <laughs> like we were playing with star stickers like two weeks ago and we had to throw them in the garbage because they got dirty or something and like she's like where'd the star Yikes. stickers go like that she's gonna have so much stuff in her brain by the time she gets to be like 15 so apparently like they forget all this stuff which i find hard to believe because now there's like this thread, Laura and I have talked a lot about this. When we were kids, like you were like a little kid and there's no reminders, there's no artifacts, there's like some photos, but those are like very interstitial. Like they're very like, they're not like a ton of photos of you when you were mm -hmm. a kid, right? Now she has this running narrative through like the pictures we take, which she wants to see all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she remembers like everybody and every character and will like want to look at pictures of them and like recount situations that have happened. Uh -huh. And so I feel like her narrative is a lot stronger because it's reinforced by artifacts in a right. way that mine and yours probably was not. So that's kind of interesting because I would have said the opposite. Like for me, it's like my memory I feel like is worse because I know I have this external storage of photos and text messages and emails that I can reference. So I yeah. don't have to remember anything. But I mean, I think literally there's a thing that happens when kids get older where they forget all of the stuff that happened when they were like one and two years old. Mm -hmm. and they, it's like their their baby brain falls out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, they're just like, there's so much new information coming in and stuff. But I, I don't know. It's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine that she will forget. About things. the stars and just the married like, people. Just random things. Like, you know, she comes with random stuff too. Like the other day she, she we were driving and she's like, um, I don't like bridges. Like just out of the blue. And we're like, why don't you like Bridges? She's like, because of the guys. And we're like, what guys? Oh my god! I, we, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell if she means like she saw some people mm -hmm. on the bridge she doesn't like, or she doesn't like. I think what she means is she didn't like the the metal thing. She was calling them guys because mm -hmm. we say like, oh, these guys or whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, it's interesting. But how do we get on this topic? I don't know. You just started talking about no. Zelda. We were talking about corporal punishment. Oh, about hitting yes, kids, right? And so anyhow, yes. So Zelda can be aggravating sometimes, but the idea of of doing anything physical to her is like revolting to right. me. I can't imagine that uh, ever doing that. How, why do we start talking about hitting kids? We were talking about the podcast that I did with Talib Kweli that Jack Dorsey Oh yeah, he gets, he gets on a trip about corporal punishment. Yeah. And he's anti or pro? Oh, anti. Okay. Yeah. I'd be surprised. He could be. 
Yeah. Crap. Now, <clears throat> anyhow, so He's Jack like, Dorsey's big the, fan of All yours. the issues that Kirstie Alley is on one side of, Talib Kweli is on the other yeah, side. Yeah, Ryan, uh, Ryan hates Kirstie Alley. It's a well-established <laughs> I'm also fact. her biggest fan. So He's, It's that. a love-hate. It's kind of a frenemy. <laughs> that must be very confusing for a you. A frenemy situation. It's confusing for her, actually. <laughs> he was telling us that he apparently did a lot of shit-talking on Kirstie Alley, and then um, she retaliated on Twitter. It wasn't even shit-talking. I just thought if I talk about... What's the most absurd celebrity you could tell absurd stories about? And that was it. And she eventually got back to her that I was talking about her a lot. It wasn't even mean. It was just mm. a what did lot. She say, what did she say to you? She was like, hey, what's this? And like linked me to all these people <laughs> writing my name. Yeah. And I said, I'm a really big fan of yours. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I talk a lot about you on this podcast that I do. And I didn't link her to it. And I was like, and I... I was like, I just love, like, uh, Look Who's Talking. <laughs> and I, like, memed. I was like, Fat Actress is a good show. And is she in Look Who's Talking? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, and I there's don't a know. sequel, right? Yeah, Look Who's Talking 2. Or there's two. A, there's yeah. a Look Who's Talking 2, and then there's another one, which is like... Look Who's guess, Talking Now. It's like, Guess Who's Talking Now. And I don't it, think she's in that one. It's like, Look Who's Talking Now, and I think it's like the lamps. Everyone's are, still talking. No, I think it's like the lamps are talking in that one. Yeah. Um, is this crazy? Am I right? Am I wrong? Isn't it? It was like pets and then a baby. Ugh, so annoying. Paul remembers. Paul worked on the soundtrack for that. Just kidding. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Paul doesn't like that joke. Anyhow, getting back to you. Uh-huh. So we were on a podcast uh, on, on The Verge three years ago, uh-huh. and this is a, the, the, the next one. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. It's been way too long. Yeah. Anyhow, so now we're working together again. That's true. You're an editor at The Outline. Uh-huh. That is true. Yes. Can you confirm that? I, yes. 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 Yes, you can. It's mm-hmm. out. It's out in the open. And we're working on, a, on an exciting new project. I was going to say hot do project. <laughs> I don't know why. Yes. We're uh, working on an exciting new project. And I have, I have to tell I'm you, so what about. was your title at The Verge? I don't remember. Before you left. Reporter. Reporter. Mm-hmm. So you, and, but you were ma- you're managing editor at Motherboard. Yes. Prior to the outline, you were managing editor at Motherboard. Correct. Did you go to the role of managing editor? Yeah. Yeah. And at The Verge, you had done some, you did some editing. Mm, no. Ma- none at I all? I didn't. No, I actually I, I edited one story that was written mm. by a, it was a reader. Disaster, a real disaster. It was very popular. Who was it? What was it? It was a story about this guy who couldn't get Comcast. He couldn't get internet service, and he lived. It was like I live in the U.S. and I can't get internet service, and it was about the. It's a good story. Very odd, uh, monopolies that create very weird non-market conditions for people to get internet access or not. Get internet. You also at the, as your one of your final uh, things at The Verge, you did like a series on Comcast. Yeah, which was all about I like did. internal shenanigans. I wrote about nothing but Comcast for like a month. Yeah, you really burned them good. It was a lot. Anyhow, so <laughs> so but when we worked together, you were yeah, you were writing mainly. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I you, was, you and could, then <clears throat> I actually honestly, I think the Comcast thing it was very, um, it was very adversarial and I, we had i had very very close contact with the comcast communications team during that series because it was like it was a four-part series and we were like we're coming out with a new part every week and so it was like <laughs> every week before the a couple days before the piece came out i would call them to get comment and so they knew it was coming and i knew it was coming and i was publishing a bunch of other stories in the meantime because there were a lot of readers who were following along with the series and then like sending in documents and Comcast has 100 gazillion ex-employees who are all really eager to talk about Comcast. None of them are and happy. Yeah. Um, 
And so I was just writing a ton about them and like t- talking to their PR people all the time. And the first story published in their communications person was at the office for some other unrelated thing. And so she came and confronted me at my desk. And the whole experience was just very oh, uh, wow, really? taxing. Yeah. At Vox? At Vox, yeah. It was like she was there for something unrelated. She, she already had some kind of meeting scheduled. Oh. And so How very came, uncomfortable. And she came and asked me like – she asked me if I had like a personal experience with Comcast that was like motivating my writing. Yeah, yeah that's why reporters do it. They just have a bone to pick. I know it was really. I was like, what possible? Like, I guess it's. I don't know. It's anyway, hard, so it's hard to know. Why well, hurt people? Yeah. So um, anyway, writing stuff on the internet is really um, can burn you out, and I think like that experience co- kind of burned me out a little bit. And so I was like, I want to try editing for a while, and then the job at Motherboard came up, and uh, I always liked them because uh, they were a little bit. Outside the quirky, look quirky, yeah. And then the mainstream, and then Adrian went to motherboard and, and counterculture. And I don't know, maybe oh, it's just because cool. maybe it's just because I follow Adrian, but I think more likely because she's very good at her job. I started reading motherboard a lot more. I always obviously had it in my feeds and stuff, yeah. But you motherboard guys... is great, um, they do a lot of good stuff. And recently, you were like pointing to a story and you're like this is a crazy story and i was like oh yeah motherboard broke that story and has written like 15 things about it yeah. but because it's like not very good at marketing itself and just like kind of off outside the way like yeah. just off in the corner a little bit i think people don't always see that good stuff there i, th- I think it's tough too because um you know, Vice is a very overwhelming brand yep. and voice. Yeah. And, and Motherboard think, is parked on Vice.com, which right. also means it's not accessible but it's in part any of, public Wi Fi. It's part of Vice. It's part of Vice, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it, it's it's like even though those stories are very unique in their own thing in the motherboard mm-hmm. sphere, it feels like it's yeah. you know, there's this weird like psychological thing that happens when things are part of a bigger thing. Right. And it just is I think sometimes it's harder to see the definition and the voice. Yeah. I don't know. That that could be my own weird trip. No, I think that's definitely part of it. It's challenging. But anyhow, so but what's interesting is that we started working together again and because we haven't worked together for several years, like two years. Mm-hmm. Is that how long it's been? Mm-hmm. Is it maybe a little bit longer? Two and a half? More, probably more like three years. No, is that long? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. At any rate, oh maybe right. But uh you like you're like kind of a different person. Not a different person. You're exactly the same. <laughs> but like you've acquired all sorts of new uh, skills and yeah. you do all sorts of new things. And it's very interesting to... I think so, definitely. Like um, I was saying before, the last time that we sat on mics across from each other like this, I feel like was two phases of my life ago. Yeah. Like you can kind of look back on your life and feel like, all right, this was this period. And then it was marked by the Cretaceous period. And then it was marked by, you know, kind of like that. And that was definitely like... Uh- Many phases ago. Are those phases defined by jobs? Yeah, for <laughs> that, me they are. Is that is this like Verge Motherboard and now the outline? Yeah. Well, I hope the outline is the final phase for you. Um, the I outline you, is amazing. I hope that you I'm die of old age while being at the outline. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> it was for you to die <laughs> while working at the outline. Thanks, Josh. As a very old person. <laughs> um, still anyhow, blogging. Still <laughs> <laughs> right, you're actually working on a series about Comcast, are you not? That's oh my god! Talking. No, um, so hey, let's talk Comcast. about Yeah, give us a call. call. Me, we have some stuff to talk about. Um, no, so anyhow, so we, we were talking about this. We were on a, the train over here. We were walking mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And I want to talk about terrorism because it's some just happened in New York. Right. You, you want to talk about Trump? 
No. Yeah, you were like, let's talk about Trump as much as possible. That was sarcasm. <clears throat> and then I, anyhow, form so of irony. Should we take a quick break? Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more Adrian Jeffers. This episode of Tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky, that's me. I'm Joshua Topolsky. Don't let anybody tell you that they're me because that's not true. Uh, This episode of Tomorrow is brought to you by Braintree. Developers around the world have embraced the Braintree V.0 SDK as the easiest way to add secure mobile payments to their apps and websites. No matter what payment type, Braintree accepts it. Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin, if you're that kind of person. And if something new pops up, They'll support that too. It's the same payment solution used by Uber, Airbnb, and GitHub. Just a few small companies, so you know that it scales. Integrating it into your app is as easy as inserting a few lines of code. But don't take my word for it. Try out the sandbox and see for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash tomorrow. If you're looking for a professional vector design app, you should take a look at Autodesk Graphic. Graphic is a full-featured app for making icons, illustrations, UI and UX designs, and everything else you'd expect in a professional vector design app. Open, edit, and save raster or vector images, layered Photoshop or Illustrator files, CSS, SVG, PDF, and just about any other file format you can think of. You can open an AI file and export it to clean CSS code or a web-ready SVG with just a few clicks. It's available on your Mac, on your phone, and even on your iPad, so you can design without compromise anywhere you go. This iPad app isn't a companion app for the desktop version. It's fully featured design software the pros use to hand-draw vector illustrations, create gorgeous logos, or mock-up websites on the fly. If you have an iPad Pro and Apple Pencil, it's the vector design app you've been looking for to make your iPad Pro the device you use for design work you normally leave to your desktop. It's the last 2D design app you'll ever need and it's available for the price of a few decent stock photos. Visit graphic.com to learn more about Autodesk Graphic or check it out in the App Store. We're back. Hi. With Adrian Jeffries, who, who now likes to be called AJ, turns out. Yep. That's her new thing. So if you see Adrian on the street, definitely refer to her as AJ. I, I will respond. I like it. I think it's cool. Let's talk about this. You're off Twitter. I don't understand what that means. So I deactivated my Twitter account. Oh, you fully like, you're like, I'm done. I deactivated. Well, so if you are verified on Twitter, they will let you deactivate and come back anytime within 12 months. Intact. I did not know that. Yeah. So it's just like turning it on and turning it off and you know, like Facebook is the same. Why way. deactivate it? Because um, I mean, why not just let it? Why not just look at it? Not look mm, at it because that's too tempting. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm working on this stuff for the outline, and I think there's a lot of group think that happens on Twitter, and I started to feel like I was never going to have another original, interesting idea <laughs> unless I diversified my sources of input. So I decided to turn it off and see what happened. That's a great idea. I didn't. So this, by the way, for the record, this is the first time we've ever talked about this. That's true. I have no idea. You I had no didn't I- notice. I guess. Well, look, I follow. I've, I follow. I made like a semi big deal about it. Did you? Where? <laughs> Where did you make the big deal? In the office? Uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are two places I don't look at. Basically, mm. I barely ever look at Facebook. Okay. 
as I think most people now do. That's fine. Do a lot of people still look at Facebook? Put it on my personal website also. Did you? Mm-hmm. What's the URL of that? AdrianJeffries.com. I don't know. I've never seen that website. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good website, honestly. It's never updated. It's really telling, actually, how how hard it is to get information. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not looking at the right channel. Right. This is the tyranny of choice yeah. we're experiencing. So anyhow, so I missed your announcement. Okay. You wrote about this. I did. I wrote a little thing just so, you know. And what did people so say? A little thing. What did people say? Um, they were supportive. Really? Yes. They were like, you And they you teased go. me. People teased me. Who teased you? Other people on Twitter who are like, talking, okay. who are like, we're talking about you on Twitter and you can't oh, really? do anything about it. I guess I didn't. I, I mean, how long have you been off? Um, not that long. It's like two weeks. Oh, you've been off for two weeks? Yeah. How could you not have just told me about this? Why didn't you just say, oh, by the way, you know I'm off Twitter? Josh is so mad you're missing his fire takes. <laughs> I, I had the best tweet of my well, life I last made, night. I actually referenced it a couple times, I so... and I think you just didn't realize that I, I was saying, like I was being literal. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like, I'm off Twitter like for yeah. today or whatever. No. I had a great tweet last night, and I, was, I had to tell you about it out loud yeah well so this was gonna be ryan laughed and i feel like i wonder if he knows what tweet i'm talking about this is the one that i read aloud to john and then texted to my brother george rr R. martin's brooch gives him plus three charisma right you saw that <laughs> that fucking look thing he was wearing when he walked up you don't even understand i'm sorry i, I hate i'm sorry adrian i know this has nothing to do with our calling for conversation but oh, it's fine it sort of does I, I literally freaked out when I saw him. I was like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? <laughs> and I was like, how do you spell brooch? I was like, Laura, how do you spell brooch? I like. Luckily, she has a photographic memory. Luckily, she has a photographic memory. She knows how to spell every word. There's never a question in our, in our house. And yeah, I was so excited. But then I realized, like, unless you saw it, like, if I had a screen grab with it, it would have been perfect. But I, I don't think. I don't a think screen most, grab of, his, of, of the him. George R. R. Martin was wearing, like, a black suit. And had this crazy, like, huge, like, metal brooch on. Oh, yeah. Why didn't you take a picture of the TV? There was no time. I had to get no, the tweet out. No, it was out. still funny because John was in the kitchen when it happened and I was reading aloud the funniest tweets and I read that to him and I, like, ran in and I was that's like, so good. Josh just deleted this like a monster. See, that's so, that's, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah. You don't even know. Anyhow, but no, you No, this is good. This is what I was hoping that you would kind of fill me in on what I missed because I have been feeling a little oh, no, bit Twitter's, left out. Twitter's a horrible what's shit been show. Going on? read like, my timeline from beginning to end. What's the last tweet of mine? You what's the truth? Let me, let me read you. <laughs> and then you before just... that, I predicted that Courtney B. Vance would. No, um, I, uh, nothing's going on on Twitter. The internet is a total shit well, show. Well, the right terrorist was attack. Well, the terrorist, but the terrorist attack. Here's what was going the on. Okay. So on, on. So there was a bunch of wrong facts. So the, obviously, well, not really that bad. I don't think there were a ton of. They well, were like, it's a gay person who's attacking because of that Tumblr page. They blamed it. Oh, on, I didn't see. And that. it was the second terrorist attack in a row we've been blamed for that uh, we didn't do. So, can the gays just chill out? Stop doing terrorist attacks. That's what I say to all my gay friends. I'm like, please don't do any terrorist attacks. Listen, I know you want to. Is that a thing now? I see. I totally missed that narrative. Because I wasn't on Twitter. I was just like, I I heard about it like one hour after it happened and I just went to the New York Post story. There was was a Tumblr page that was like a fake manifesto and it was like, gay people are treated wrong and so I'm going to bomb to teach everybody how that works. So I'm going to bomb a a house for the blind. No, it was like, honestly, we were talking about this today. The targets are really strange. Like, that's kind of not a very good area to, to buy i mean if i'm gonna do terrorism it's hard to escape i might be i might be indicting myself right now if i was gonna do some terrorism i would not choose 23rd and 6th 
Well, one it, of the bombs didn't a, work because someone stole the suitcase because it's not a great area to bomb. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I guess in a way, <laughs> like someone was like, "This is a nice suitcase." In a way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, that's what happened. I think. In a way, I'm I'm happy that that I mean, the in, there were people who were injured, and that's horrible. And I'm obviously very upset about there being any bombs in New York. But I was saying today, like, I feel like people seem more relaxed today because, like, I feel like in New York, we're always waiting for someone to do a terrorist attack. Now, like, it's like, oh, it's only a matter of time before some terrorist blows something up in New York. And like it's like ah okay finally there was a bomb and you know what everybody is doing okay like we didn't nobody really got terribly I mean it could have been a lot worse it's obviously shitty a shitty thing to have it happen but comparatively to other terrorist things that have happened in other major cities like well like the Boston Marathon versus those marathon bombs yeah or or Paris versus a bomb here it's like we're Mm -hmm. very very lucky that apparently we've got an idiot terrorist who sucks at his job Um, but uh, but no Twitter was. Twitter was a mixture. My Twitter was a mixture of of people citing the news reports like Fox News was like New York in a panic, you know, New York thrown into terrorist panic, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, the front page of the Daily News is like bomb, bomb attack. And then, the, you know, it was like if you looked at it and you were like from another country and you just happened by it, you would have been like, oh, my God, there's a horrible terrorist attack that they blew up all of New York. Mm-hmm. And like meanwhile, people in New York were like, this area is not really considered Chelsea. Like they're like correcting, <laughs> they're like correcting like people. And like, Wait, what is it considered? Twenty third and I don't know. It's, it's, it's it was flat like iron. a flat iron. Yeah, it's flat okay. iron. Our our old it's no the, man's land. It's basically no man's land. It's like you know the tech serve is over there. That's where yeah. the tech yeah. serve is. Where maybe tech serve they, used to be. Yeah, maybe they were like protesting. The guys protesting. The like tech we want serve tech probably. serve back. It was better than the Apple Store. But um, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't go that far. But uh. Anyhow, you didn't miss anything. Twitter's yeah. not, it's not no, good. No, there must have been more than that, though. I mean, there were, <sighs> yeah. there, were there was a lot of Trump Emmy takes. Jokes yeah, Trump. And, okay, Trump, oh, Fallon, yeah, Emmy, Trump things. Yeah, the, people had opinions about that. People were very upset about Fallon having Trump on, and I think, you know, it was a bad. It wasn't just that he had him on, it was that he had him on, and it was like, hey. So, it was like softballs. Yeah. I think it was not good. He should have his hair. I said, like, it would have been amazing to have him on and have a total softball conversation, and then at the end, just drop some crazy mm-hmm. like thing about how he's racist. Like and the why last not? question. And why not? Yeah, like, right. What's the? I guess he could become president. Mm, I don't think that's the reason. And then Fallon will never interview the president. I don't know the reason actually. I mean, obviously, I don't. I have no idea. But I do think that like if you're gonna have Donald Trump on any broadcast, you need to ask him some at least one hard question. Mm-hmm. That's just one man's opinion. What though. would so your th- question to Donald Trump be? God, there's so many fucking questions to mm-hmm. ask him. What do you think would be the most like if, you, if I damning. get one question? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would ask. Don't you pick? Don't you pick the question that goes to his biggest narrative weakness? Probably something like every every presidential candidate since the seventies. Where's your tax returns? Has released their tax returns. Yeah. You're, you uh, say you're an incredible businessman. And you've had a lot right. of success in business. Let's see it. You know, if you're going to lead the American people, the American people need to have some knowledge of like mm-hmm. what your financial standing is and how you've done in business and how you've you know what your wealth is and you should really you know why don't you release them mm-hmm. i mean i think that would be the that would be the the you'd want to find a way to get him to get cornered on that question i mean there's a million things you could say to donald trump what would you ask him if you could ask one question i don't know i really don't you don't even want to try to i think imagine. he i mean i think he could spe- like i've if i were given the opportunity to ask him a question i would like for weeks and weeks examine transcripts and video material and figure out like what hasn't been asked and what what it hasn't been spun and what would what would be most likely to actually get something substantial. I don't know. You'd have to ask something really hard, right? I don't know. I mean, tr- one question would not be enough for Trump. 
But uh, I'm sure we'll get a chance once he's sworn in as president. Yeah. Of the United States. Are you planning mm-hmm. on staying in the country if he becomes president? Well, I'm committed to this outline thing. Thank I you. don't know. Do you want to become like mm-hmm. a... We can do a Canadian thing. Yeah. I, don't, I think that wouldn't be the worst. An expatriate. Can we keep... Can they keep Trump out of Canada? Is that possible physically? Probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> he probably would invade. That's the kind of thing he would do, right? Just like Didn't invade. they try to keep him out of Scotland or in the UK because of that golf course deal they were like did they they were like he's a scam artist or something and, they and that sounds come back. Funny. that sounds right so anyhow so you you quit twitter yeah and you were supposed to tell me everything's going on there's, and you said you just told me everything that's in my rss feed there's nothing going on i mean what what is happening on twitter is people opining i had a tweet the uh, the other night it was like all the bad ideas all at once <laughs> it was like that's what twitter is that's their new should be their new slogan yeah. it was like everybody's first thing that they think of without any editing or any uh-huh. thought spewed into the universe for other people to see. There's this really funny parody video that is like a trailer for a fake Twitter movie that was done in the same style as the Facebook movie, mm-hmm. Social Network. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what if you could invent a social network that approximates writing on a bathroom wall? <laughs> which, is, which is what Twitter is. I mean, it's very bad. The election has made everything very bad. It's brought out an incredible ugliness in this country. Uh, and it, as a result, a nation divided. Well, yeah, the people divided. I, I think we're. It is like a really strange time. I think that I do think the internet has a lot to do with it. I also think Obama being president has an enormous amount to do with the way people are acting in this country. Mm-hmm. I think that like the worst of the worst traits of white Americans are coming through in a way that is like really, really ugly. And it's like this fear, this like xenophobia and this fear of the unknown and this like, I mean, basically in like race, I mean, just pure racism that is under, that underlies like a lot of mm-hmm. our, our country and our existence here. And it's just really ugly. And it's expressed really horribly on Twitter. I feel like it's like Gamergate. It's like a, the nation's Gamergate. Well, Gamergate is a. Gamergate is a really a product of the same sentiment. I mean, Gamergate is like has risen in the era of the Obama era. I mean, I, don't, I think the two things are pretty connected. Mm-hmm. I think well, those... with Gamergate, it was like the theory was that it was like the death of an identity where you were like this sort of socially awkward kind of uncool person, but you had like your club and then that club got invaded by girls. I think, yeah, but I think Gamergate is like about... You covered it, I assume, a bunch at Motherboard, right? We did, yeah. I mean, Gamergate is about the same feeling, which is like something's being taken away from you that uh-huh. should be yours, which is like white men feel like they're having things taken away from them, and so they're lashing out at the people that they think are responsible for yeah. having those things taken away. I think that's like the easiest way to sum up the current narrative in America, which is like white people have suddenly seen the future and the future is they don't run everything. Mm. And that's like at the core of their existence, the scariest thing possible. Because all that white men have done, particularly white men have done for thousands of years is like fought to maintain power and control people. And now like that's all slipping away from them because mm-hmm. like that's not the way the world looks anymore. And it's not the way it works anymore. And so like everything is like a uh, a trigger point for these guys like everything like obama is just like welling up i mean it started with like sarah palin and john mccain and like has never stopped since then i mean her rallies were like their rallies were like total shit shows i mean you don't remember like people were bringing like guns to sarah palin rallies and stuff doesn't seem like 
like you kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. But this shit was going on back then. And now it's just like managed to like manifest itself and merge. She really flamed out though. She flamed out because she's a fucking loser who sucks and doesn't know anything. And <laughs> well, she was always a loser. She was always a loser. That's who not sucked. always a recipe for Sad. flaming out though. Sad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Sad. she's like a proto Trump. I mean, I think the best thing to say about her is she's like a proto Trump. Yeah. She didn't have the Adderall and sociopathy required to keep the right. train going. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but you know, you look at like, I mean, look at Gamergate. You talk about Gamergate, but look how Gamergate intersects with like the with the alt right, which is the wrong way to describe it. But whatever these people mm-hmm. are, and the 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 Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever, however you pronounce the last name of the world. I just read this Bloomberg profile of him, which people need to stop doing profiles of him because he's a nobody. He's yeah. a shithead who sucks. That's the best way to describe him as a shithead who sucks. He's not talented. He's not good at anything. He's not that smart. That guy who did the Milo profile. He also wrote that really bad troll cover story for Time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. Maybe. At any rate. And, well, anyway. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? He's bad. But he's a bad guy, but also he doesn't. He was doing, uh, I heard the second hand that he was doing, um, appear- he did an appearance on Milo's podcast while he was reporting that story. Oh, really? Yeah, which seems weird. It is weird. He got too cozy. Milo's very charming. He let the charm draw him in. I, I don't. What I don't give a shit how charming he is. Anybody can say anything that they want, but that, <laughs> but that doesn't. That's not like a good reason for us to listen to them. Did mm-hmm. you see that TV interview with him where he was like on a park bench and he just, like, they just showed unedited footage of him and he just has got like his doesn't blink and he's just like excuse after excuse after excuse for his behavior and it's like he doesn't even need prompting at this point. I mean, I just think that he's a non entity he's a no one he's a nobody he's a weave he's like he's also like, off twitter he's he like and i have that in common also off twitter and by the way that's like if everybody would just stop doing profiles of him he would go away <laughs> there's no more power that he can exert he is he had nothing do but you think a bunch he's of, like do you think he's like building up to one day have a change of heart and like i think he's building up to be, i think he's building up to like whatever he'll just milk the alt-right thing yeah I and think, milk it until it like runs out of power and then he'll have a change of heart and like yeah, he's people a, will be so excited that he'll he'll get a new well his stance second wind. his stance is garbage like the stance of all like modern like these modern trolls like weave is a good example where i mean the things they say are racist and are sexist and all the other things and they probably do believe them because like it's like fun and easy to like do the worst things or think of the worst things that come to mind and then say them out loud because that's what babies do you know basically yeah um but like deep down their thing is like it's chaos and we're yeah. just poking at the well yeah this the and nihilists that. are a big part of the trump contingent at least on the internet yeah but, but these are guys like raised on anime like they're not real people they're like they're they are really i mean they are really truly like the the that weird I- idea of like the internet troll who's like lives in his mom's basement mm-hmm it's like very weirdly perfectly tracks with these people. And it's like not like a little bit. They actually have a lot of the traits of like the kind of classic sad troll loser, right? Mm-hmm. Like, anyhow, the thing is, it's like, so Milo, yeah, you're both off Twitter. The Twitter's a shit show. The internet, you're not missing anything over there. Yeah, I do feel like when you wrote your Twitter is over thing, the death it was of Twitter. like, is it, was it death of Twitter? The end of Twitter. I, I didn't do Twitter? the headline. Nick Thompson did the headline. I, I can't be held responsible. Well, I can be held a little bit responsible. I was just going to say, I thought it was pretty prescient. Uh, I've been like, I don't know. Twitter was always the most fun thing to me. 
Yeah, it's it, just like it scary be, now. It used to be a lot of fun. I'm just like terrified. Right. I'm going to say something, and then a mob is going to come after me. So that's the thing. And you, it, it used to be fun and interesting, and there used to be like a pretty good amount of conversation happening on it. But now, like the tensions are so high. But like the reality is, the election has made everything high tension. Mm-hmm. Like the election has made everybody on edge. And like I do think there's going to be a real. We're going to have like a real, like cold water on our faces after this election is over. Yeah. Um. Well, it's like even if Trump doesn't win, he's still galvanized a segment of the population and they're still going to be here and they're still going to feel the same way. Um, well, isn't the fear that he'll make a media organization like Fox News and just keep the parade going? Yeah, um, that I is. Guess, I guess that's the fear. That is a speculation. I, I feel like that's not that substantially. I don't think I feel like that hasn't been substantiated. That I mean, he's, he's actually the blaze to too. He's got a really good uh, he's got a really good argument, right? Like the media gave me, didn't give me a fair shake and they're all corrupt and like yeah. we need yeah, an I alternative. I always wonder when people say they don't trust the media, like how does that question break down? Are they are they just being asked, do you trust the media? And then people are like, oh, I don't trust it. Are they like, do you trust the New York Times? Do you trust CNN? Do you well, trust Fox News? Well, now there's just, well, you just trust the sources that say the things that you, that you feel that are you most true. you agree with. Yeah. yeah. Which is like an, an easy thing to say, but. Um, which is why the outline will agree with whatever you think. That's our plan. <laughs> it's not for everyone. Our, <laughs> it's not for everyone. It's for you, especially if uh, if you agree with us. And I think you will because we agree with you. Um, no, uh, I do think it's like a problem. We have this like view from nowhere, view from everywhere, view from nowhere problem where CNN has to pretend like they're neutral. So they hire, you know, Trump's campaign guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that them trying to pretend like they're neutral or is that just a ratings like both? I think it's both. Yeah. I think it works either way. Do I you mean, have cable? I do. I hardly ever watch it. We watched it for the first time in ages last night for the Emmys. And is that why you have it? Because there are live award shows. I don't know why we have miss. it. We got it because like I wanted to have television, like live television. <laughs> uh-huh. And we hardly ever use it. I find it very annoying. I find uh, trying to watch anything, um, pretty much trying to watch anything really annoying. Like at watch any no matter anything what. live or just like anything, anything at all, anything at all. YouTube it's all extremely video, annoying. Netflix very, video of any kind, very annoying. I mean, like there's no thread. In a way, like it's better when you have fewer options because it's like if you're watching a show, unless it's like oh, that's the Netflix show, and all the stuff is available right now on Netflix. Like you know, there's like okay, here's an example. Uh so FX is a network on cable, right? Right. So FX has shows that are available on, some of them are on Hulu, some of them are on Netflix. Some, some of them are on Amazon. Some of them you are on Amazon. One. Some of them are in the FX app, which you can now get for your Apple TV. Okay. And some are, obviously they're available to buy on iTunes on your Apple TV as, a, as an example. And even channel-wise, they have FX, FXX, FXM. Right, this they have multiple. And I think they actually have separate apps for some of those. At any rate, so like, so let's say you want to find a show. So it's not like there's some, like, there's no universal search for this. That could That's actually, coming, that though, actually, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Apple could have uh, created universal search a hundred times Sam just over. said Roku has it. Roku, it doesn't work that well. Also, Roku, really? <laughs> Come on. Do you use Roku? He used to. He says he used to. Okay. My Xbox One's kind of okay in it. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, fine. You know what? Maybe there are better solutions. But I'm saying for an average for an average Joe like myself, for just a regular guy, 
Anyhow, this is a very boring so problem. So the, the problem is that you can't find a show. I thought you were saying that you were just annoyed by watching everything, which I think is a very yeah, interesting. I am. I am. It's very hard to watch anything and to find anything, and it's like an unenjoyable experience. And, uh, and DVRs are kind of funny, too, because at this point in like technology, I'm 30 seconds off on the end of it, and now I got to go on demand and let it play and through the commercials to get to the, I can't fast forward or rewind. I have to preset things. I'm like, I, we pay $160 a month for all this HBO, everything, Netflix, Hulu. There's so I can't many. even watch the fucking John Bonet thing. The We're, TV thing is crazy. What's the John the Bonet thing? That whole ecosystem documentary. documentary. CBS did a documentary, and then like two years. other people did like three networks did documentaries in a rush but cbs is a good one and it was who did it it was okay um oh who did it uh i think the theory is burke the brother i'm very into this so we could you sure that she didn't grow up she's still alive she grew up and became Katy perry <laughs> yeah, I read some, that a theory? you haven't seen that theory oh my god i'm gonna show you the picture was that on twitter because i missed it uh, you like, yeah, for i bet people years. were live tweeting the jean benet ramsey documentary i'm sure they were it was counter programming to the Emmys. It's a problem. Oh, really? Oh. oh, that's what was going on. I just watched it this morning and it was great. But I don't you know why it. you would counter program John Bennett. I can't imagine. Right, to that me, seems like a lot of crossover audience. there for the OJ right. fans. I have to say that one of the most depressing things in the world sounds like watching a documentary about John Bennett Ramsey during the day. That to me, oh, Ryan, it was the best day I ever had. It was raining. <laughs> makes me so bummed out it was to think so about. So good. That's like a really <laughs> bummer thought. This I have is what to happens say. when you're freelance. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you haven't seen these pictures? Oh wow! I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, think about it. She was groomed as a pageant uh, mm, star, mm, huh? Boom, mm. slammed on. I mean, it's not true, but it's there cute. must be some renderings of like what John Bonet would look like. Yeah, fucking Katy Perry, twenty-five. That's what Reddit.com. That's what business yes, model is. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. what, that's what all the subreddits are for. Do you read? You read Reddit though. You're don't not on Twitter, Reddit. but you look at Reddit. Um, I don't. I haven't been looking at Reddit. I have to. Anymore. I gotta say, the more I think about this. The more I think it's irresponsible for you to not be on not Twitter. Not be on Twitter. For, from a as a as a as a as the CEO I read of, the feeds. of the of the independent but media. But then how the will she know what three fictional characters describe all her friends? I mean, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I just say like I feel like you need to be looking at what's going on on Twitter. You think so? I need you got to have your finger on the pulse of the of a dying all social right, media dying social network. Well, that's why she's on. Do LinkedIn. you look at Facebook? No. Do you look at you just, you just look at LinkedIn Pulse? Is that your thing? Yeah, LinkedIn. No, uh, I just feed. I post to LinkedIn, but I don't consume things on LinkedIn. Laura and I were talking about this thing that they do this. This, uh, but for like mindless entertainment, Snapchat. I'm not. I don't. the best. I don't really find that very entertaining. Maybe you aren't connected to the right people. No, I don't have friends. I think that's part of the problem. Is I think you have to and to enjoy Snapchat, you have to have friends. Yeah, but there are also we're people, friends on Snapchat. There are also people that you can follow on Snapchat who are like Snapchat people. Maybe, maybe I should do that. They don't really have do a good. Know? They don't have a good discovery tool, do they? They don't really make it easy. No, to like everything find is people. awkward on Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's why kind of the charm. Cool. That's part of the charm. Yeah. Um. I. Uh, I. You don't want to make it too easy. You don't want the use. moments of Snapchat. Laura and I were talking about this study that somebody did recently that basically said that social networks are dying really rapidly. Oh, interesting. And uh, that feels right to me. Dying? They're yeah, dying. like like they're like they're not that they're all going to die suddenly or whatever, but it, I do feel like there's some at some point you just like this level of noise is 
is untenable uh-huh. for most people. Like it doesn't feel comfortable. You like it. No, you don't. I feel like it. this is a pretty meaty topic. Tell me more about this study. What did it say exactly? I don't know. I didn't read it. But I think the uh, data was suggesting that, that they're dying faster than we thought. Possible. Don't you feel like it's just people I mean, figuring out what's for them and not for them? Like yeah, everyone made a like Twitter account, but it's just like going to Ello. Right. Well, for a while there was this narrative like there was only going to be one. Like there was only going to be one winner. Yeah. And it was going to be Facebook or Google Plus or Twitter. And now it's... <laughs> Nobody thought it was going to be Google Plus. <laughs> no, no one really thought that. <laughs> yeah, it could be Google Plus. <laughs> I don't think so. But it was for a while people thought like all the... Like it was a zero-sum game and all the social networks were in competition. And now it seems much clearer that people are going to be on some and people are going to skip some others and people will be like, are you on Instagram? And you're like, no, I'm on Snapchat. And it's just going to be like that. I guess that's possible. I just think that uh, there's something very fatiguing about the process. But Maybe the whole we're thing. just getting older. No, that's I, I, that's... I am at the point where I'm like, ugh, an app. That's Do you want me to download but an I don't app? Think, but I don't think that's just you. No. I think that you, you, are, think... you are getting older. That's mm-hmm. a fact. As am I. Right. But I also think that there is something fatiguing about... I mean, you, I mean I'm, sure, I'm sure I've used this description before, but like, you know... Uh, Ecstasy only works for so long, and then like you don't have the chemicals you need for the drug to work. Like it just like all the serotonin in your brain just like yeah, and like you can take more, you can take more, but it's never the way it it Mm -hmm. was like when you took the first pill. Hmm. And like, and that's like that is the arc of all of these things, in my opinion. It's like you know, like traditionally, like techno music is built on this idea of um, like tension and release, you know, it's like this build up and then something happens and then almost, oh my God, it's so exciting. And I think that like, there's this ebb and flow, I think in technology, we've had this like, I mean, I've talked about this a bunch, but you know, it's been an explosive decade of crazy new shit. And that's an unsustainable, it can't just always be crazy new shit. It's like at some point, the iPhone is just a fucking phone. Like now. Yeah. And I heard you say this before and I kind of disagree where you, I feel like you felt like the past five to 10 years was a really exciting time for technology. And I feel like it was a less exciting time for technology because it was like, there was the iPhone and it was all derivative of the iPhone. I don't and think all so. The ways I don't think, I don't everybody think was cataloging. All, I don't think Tesla's That's what's derivative. exciting, but that's, no, I agree. that's this period. I agree, but but I think that's born out of the same era of, of this kind of technological. You think Tesla came well, from I think, the I think things like in huge infrastructure things like that are really big changes like Uber or Airbnb, even or like Seamless. Those came from smartphone apps. Those are that's true. No, that's right. But, but a lot started, of Seamless started in 1999. Okay, that may be seamless true. Is, I mean, maybe Seamless is like Web 1.0. But it didn't matter until you had these phones in your hand, and like a lot of stuff stems from that. Ugh, like this the way me hungry. the way people you're hungry, the way people make music, the way people uh, meet each other, the, you know, like uh, uh, the way we move around cities, the way mm-hmm. where, where we stay when we go places. The, but now, but like, look, Tesla is like, but the I next feel phase like... is much more exciting and interesting, mm-hmm. but it's, it's much bigger. It's different. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, it's just the difference between like convenience, technologies of convenience and technologies that are like really sci-fi. Well, that's the, the next phase, but the, the sci-fi technologies are harder and slower and mm-hmm. weirder and they're not consumer. You know, like when people are talking about like mining asteroids, it's like, that's awesome when it happens and we'll have mm-hmm. all sorts of incredible, like hopefully incredible benefits to humanity. Right. But like you're not talking about something as like simplistic 
or is well, consumer facing? We're talking about the internet are, versus like Nintendo consoles. There are things what? that are consumer facing. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, that means. Unpack that. I just yeah. meant like something that people were like slowly. It was happening over the course of decades where people were getting home computers and maybe logging on to like, you know, CompuServe or whatever. And slowly that was happening. Where in the short term, people were like, I bought a duck hunt and that's changed whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not the long game. The long game here is not duck hunt. Well, but that's but, the fun, like whiz bang in the moment. Yes. But I think that we're just. And like iOS 10 iMessage stickers are the whiz bang in the moment. And the long game is like self-driving cars. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And, the, and there is just total incremental innovation in a lot of the things where we've come to expect more monumental and important inf- uh-huh. inc- uh, innovation. And there's also like self-driving cars are consumer facing and they're happening, but they aren't as accessible as the iPhone. Like well, when the iPhone came out, I was working at a restaurant and like everybody who was in the restaurant that day dining had the iPhone and everybody who was like bussing tables at the restaurant that day had the iPhone. <laughs> Nobody was talking about anything but the iPhone. It was the Coca-Cola of phones. It was like, it was just like, it was everywhere. I remember walking past one table and there was some, they would just like run out of things to say about it. And one guy was like weighing in his hand. He was like, it's not heavy, but it's not light either. Oh, like, <laughs> no, but this is what I'm saying. Okay. But, so. so self-driving cars are like way more, sci-fi and it's like you know that feeling of like i'm in the future yeah you get that more from but they don't exist self-driving car i mean they do exist they exist they're being tested in pittsburgh right now they're being tested but you don't have the it's not like everybody in the restaurant on both sides of the table is going to get access to that kind of thing at the same time like right now there's i think the way to think about it there's like gene editing technology that will make your head explode if you think about it too hard but it's only relevant to a small number of people who have like certain conditions that can be treated with it. I think the way to think about it is also about, is, is about our understanding. It spreads more slowly. It spreads more slowly and we know a lot more about it before it actually becomes a thing. Like uh, the iPhone, this idea of, you know, like these, this mobile computing idea, uh, it was like one day it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And the next day it did. Right. And everybody just reckoned then, with it then, all and, at once. And then a few months public. later you had it. It was like in your hand or in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Self-driving cars are like, they didn't, they, they existed a little bit a little while ago. We've been adding some things a bit to cars that would help a little, a, kind of like Teslas can kind well, of self-drive just, now. It was like Google who was doing it first. And when I first read about it, I felt like that's got to be 20 years off. It's moving, and it was only five years off. Well, but now it's still in like testing somewhere. It wouldn't be like, it, like the, the equivalent would be like if Honda had a big press conference and they're like, all of our cars for 2017 will be completely self-driving and you no longer have to worry about driving your car down the road. And like, then everybody in 2017 was able to go buy a Honda that just drove itself. Right. That's like the iPhone moment. But like mm-hmm. that moment doesn't happen and isn't happening. Same thing with like VR. There are incredible things being done like for the future. It's just mm-hmm. a very different, like our, the, in, the pace of innovation and the way this kind of innovation, these really large scale infrastructure things, these really large scale projects, like, Tesla's idea about energy and the future and cars and like solar power, those are all amazing, but they are long, slow processes. They'll happen right. faster. But than- so all of this stuff happened really fast, right? When the iPhone came out and then maybe like the next year when Apple figured out that it made sense to open up the app store. But then for like 10 years, tech bloggers just like dragged all of that trend out. Yeah. And it was like all these well, appy startups and that's true. But some of them have been really like new derivative 
like marginal, marginally different phone that came out was like. Well, that's that's one of the things that's unsustainable. Being I think. agonized over. Well, just like also technologies hit kind of a there's a parody, you know, where it's like there was a point where you know only one company made a micro four thirds camera, and you're like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is crazy. They've got this like, you know, it's kind of like a pro camera and a tiny size, and but now like everybody makes those, and you can buy them anywhere, and it's like whatever, right? Like all of those things that were very new and exciting. It's like VR which is new and exciting. It's still not a consumer, really a consumer product. Mm-hmm. I mean, Samsung has ads for it on TV, but like, do you know anybody who's a, a kind of normal consumer who's been like, yeah, I just got the Samsung VR headset and I'm no, using it No, definitely all the time. not. Although there was some package where Samsung was giving people who bought a new phone. Yeah, the Galaxy Note 7. Yeah, the gear. <laughs> they're still Galaxy doing it. They're 7. doing okay. it now, yeah. Wait, is that the one that explodes? That's the one that's oh my out. God, it could it's explode on your face. It's the on the market. I saw, I saw a story today. <laughs> that's joke. very good. I saw a story today that was sort of insinuating that some of the Samsung uh, Galaxy Note 7s that exploded in China were, like, not from the battery. They're, like, we think it's from an external source, which sort of is like, them insinuating wait, it's, like, that people were faking it or that something else was causing it. But I just think, I just have to say, I'm not saying this happened, but it would be a brilliant piece of sabotage if somebody were to, like, get in on that supply chain for the Note 7. <laughs> Tim Cook. Tim Cook got in there. Wow. I said this before, I think. It's like, I mean, he's got, he certainly has the connections if he wanted to mess up Samsung. Actually, mm-hmm. they're in Korea, so it'd be pretty tough for him. But Is there manufacturing in Korea? Samsung? Uh, you know, I, it I, is. a lot of it is. I, they must have some Chinese factories. But I had this HTC phone once, and once I reset it, and it reset to Taipei, like the time zone was in Taipei. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh you're thinking is, about home. This is <laughs> That's very cute. That's yeah. adorable. All right. So anyhow, we should wrap HTC. up. We need to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some parting thoughts from you. Let's okay. figure out. Let's let's take stock of this conversation. You're not on Twitter. Uh-uh. You're going to get back on. Yeah. I think Maybe you, I'll get on so that all your listeners who don't know who I am can follow me there. I think you need to. Okay. For work. Okay. I don't want. I don't want to have to fill you in on Twitter every day. <laughs> I don't have to be like, you'll never believe what happened. I got to tell you about my George R. R. Martin joke. Uh huh. Um, well, you know, I when I when I was growing up, my parents were hippies and they didn't have TV. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I missed a huge chunk of culture that I just will never be able to catch up on with maybe, other people my age. Maybe that's good because you turned out pretty interesting. I guess so. Right? Yeah. I mean, my parents were pretty weird, but they weren't hippies. But we definitely didn't get to do a lot of stuff that other kids got to do. Did you have television? We had television, but for we like didn't have cable for a long time, and also I don't think my parents let us watch a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we basically were could only watch like kids shows. Okay. We also weren't allowed to eat like sugary cereal. Oh my god! Same. I never had Cheerios. Lucky Charms. Oh, we talked about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, Cheerios were like the cereal. Maybe once in a while we get like Honey Nut Cheerios. So, but the lasting effect is that I still love Cheerios. Cheerios are amazing, and also. If there's a TV on in the room, I can't not pay attention to it. So it's impossible it's, it actually, to tune it out. Actually, damaged, yeah. I mean, it's it had a lot of complicated effects. I think that we are still still studying today. Do you think that's all of us are still studying? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's why you've um, become a fan of the show Cheers? <laughs> I think I became a fan of the show Cheers because of the paralysis of choice that happens when you're like, "What should we watch tonight?" And there's right. more than one person involved. That's right. And there's also like the entire catalog of Netflix and Hulu, yeah, and 
Amazon. So available. you're watching you and Sam are watching Cheers now. So usually the default is just little, okay, we'll watch Cheers. How many episodes of Cheers do you watch in the evening? Um like 1 to 3 at a time. Yeah. Who's your favorite character on Cheers? Woody Harrelson. That's not a character name. Woody. Yeah, that's right. The bartender. What's his last name on the show? I don't know. What is Woody's last name? Woody Boyd. Boyd. Woody Boyd. That's right. Okay. That's totally right. Is he still dating Kelly on the show? Not yet. They didn't start dating um, yet? Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Oops. There is there's no such thing as a spoiler in Cheers. Though, is really. Coach, it's not really about the plot. Is Coach still attending bar? It's about turning spoiler off alert. your brain. Spoiler alert. No, I'm past that part. You, you want to ruin it? Woody replaces Coach. Oh, that's right, because Coach dies. Oh my god. Sorry. How could you? Well, you didn't know about that? On that note, saying it out loud makes it real. Sorry, guys. Okay, so Adrian, you're gonna hear a lot more from Adrian because she's not going anywhere. Yep. I let her out of my sights once. It's never gonna happen again. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds vaguely threatening. It does. Well, we're we're at the outline making stuff together, and it's very exciting. Yes. And there's coming a soon to a website near you. To an, a, a web, web browser. To a web near you. Uh, it's a very exciting time for both of us. And Adrian, I'm very glad that you're. Um, that you were first off that you were available to do this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Because I've been wanting to have you on. Um, and I'm actually shocked that it's been so long since we've been on a show together. But also, like, uh, I'm just excited that we're hanging out again. Me too. It's just like a lot, it's just a lot of fun for me. I love to be surrounded by old friends. Right on. <laughs> that sounded insincere, but it's, it was not, I swear. You like to go where everybody knows your name. I like, oh, totally. I do like to go. That's very true. Just like the, um, just like Coach up in heaven. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think we should leave You're it there. You're so mean. I'm a nice guy. A lot of people like me. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Definitely. It was a pleasure. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though unfortunately, your family has been misbehaving, and I'm going to have to use corporal punishment.